Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor. Your music now. This is Beat. How's it going? Rob O'Connor from Beat 102-103 here. On last Sunday's Irish Beats, I had the pleasure of chatting with Lydia Ford, a musician whose stuff I've long admired. She occupies a great space where she seems to straddle multiple styles all at once, electronic, indie, pop, uh, and she makes it sound so effortless. Um, yeah, she's got, everything she's done so far has just been fantastic, and it was wonderful to chat to her for a while. Uh, I was talking to her on Zoom, which was kind of strange, but hey, you just got to make, uh, make the best of these situations. Uh, she's just dropped a new single, A Year, and that was, I suppose, the interview was set up in the context of that. Um, and anyway, I began the conversation with her by kind of remarking on this current single and some of her earlier ones and how even though a lot of them are big pop productions, I, I could hear her songs being played very simply on something like a piano or an acoustic guitar, um, despite the electro pop productions. And I asked if she kind of wrote songs in a more folky style or did she write with that pop sensibility from the start? It's a mixture. I definitely started that way. Um, guitar is like my instrument. So I was very much acoustic songwriter to begin with. And I did that for like years and years. Um, it's only really in the last year or so I started to do more of like the pop thing where you end up top lining stuff that's already half baked at least. Um, which I found much, much harder <laughs> when the song is already like constructed and then you have to fit in your melody around it. Um, but it was a, it was good exercise, but for this track for a year, I did just write it on guitar in my bedroom. So that's why it sounds that way, hopefully. So, sir, when you were saying top lining, what, what, what is that? Mm -hmm. So it's basically when you get the most of the instrumental from your producer and then you write the melody and the lyrics over that or to, to slot into the music already written. So I didn't have a lot of input on the music for some of the the recent tracks for this one I did I wrote all the music um but it just depends okay okay so this yeah. is I remember re reading an interview uh, with Elton John a hundred thousand years ago where he was talking yeah. himself and Born uh, Bernie Taupin uh, would would work together in songs and mm -hmm. sometimes it would be there's a fully formed music part Track that then the lyrics yeah. need to, to fit in or sometimes there might be a lyric and then the song needs to fit around come that. from around it uh, yeah. okay I, I see so and are you happy to collaborate with people I am. I generally write lyrics by myself. I find it really intimidating when you sit in a room with someone, they're like, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets and let's make them into a weird poem. Um, so I like to do that part by myself, but definitely the music and like if I'm stuck on a melody idea or something, I have a couple of people I can be like, hey, can you help me out on this? Or I've been working with the same producer for over a year now. So he's great to just be like, give me your ideas. I'll give you mine. And how does that work when you're obviously distant? Um, I mean, physically, physically <laughs> distant. And physically distant, distant, I think. <laughs> um, well, funnily enough, pre-pandemic, my most of my life has been remote for like two years. Um, I've moved countries a lot and I've been working remotely since like 2018. So I just naturally have been doing music that way as well. So like my producer, Julian, lived in Berlin when I left in New York. So we would just send each other files back and forth um, as everyone's doing now and everyone's realizing you can do. Um, but I have been doing it for a while. And then 
I moved to Berlin and he has left. So we're still remote. (laughs) (laughs) It works fine though. It's nice to be in the room sometimes, but this is another option. So, so you mentioned moving around the place. So you're, you're Mm -hmm. from, uh, you're from County Mayo originally and you lived in, you lived in Brooklyn for quite some time and now you're Mm -hmm. based in Berlin. Um, why, when did you move from Brooklyn to Berlin? Um, I moved home from Brooklyn at Christmas of last year. Um, and I went back to Mayo temporarily, (laughs) which turned into much longer than I had anticipated because of a global pandemic. Um, so I ended up being in Mayo for like eight months, um, which was fine. It wasn't the most exciting time of my life, but it was fine. So then I moved to Berlin from Mayo in August of this year. So it's now October. So I'm just three months here. Okay. Okay. So obviously it's not the Berlin life that you might have originally envisioned, envisioned, like envisioned, excuse me. Uh, You know, like the, 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 there's a lot of rock and roll romanticism about Berlin, Mm -hmm. very creative city, very, very vibrant, very vibrant music scene. Um, It's probably not like that now, is it? No, not particularly. (laughs) It's weird because I haven't been here too many times before. I had visited twice as a tourist in like 2015 and 2018. Um, And I don't know, I just, I'm wondering now, is it always this quiet or because I'm coming from New York or is it like coronavirus quiet? Um, But yeah, I mean, everything is open apart from there's no music, which is the worst part. Um, There's no nightclubs which doesn't really bother me, but bothers a lot of German people and people in Berlin. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a strange vibe, but I think it's the same everywhere. And it's definitely, there's more to do than there is in Ireland, I think. You guys are having a much stricter lockdown because of, I don't know, testing and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, the Germans seem to be better at the testing and the tracing yes. than, than we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, but that, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, <laughs> so you're... you're um, so I said you're from Mayo originally. You're from Castlebar, okay? Uh, you didn't you didn't ever live in Balnaba any chance, did you? <laughs> no, I never did. Okay, no, I just wondered because we have Brooklyn, we have Berlin. There seems to be a kind of a B <laughs> thing going on, and and it would have been play, very very. <laughs> I did play other voices of Balna this year. If that counts. Um, uh, maybe it also could, maybe next you I could, could go somewhere one. exotic. <laughs> You could, but I'm just thinking about like where your next move might be. You know, uh, it could be Brighton, but Brexit might have that next. So maybe you can go somewhere exotic, like uh, the Bahamas or something like that. Yeah, I prefer that now than Balina. No offense to Balina. <laughs> um, right. To go back to your current single, okay, a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 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 a lyrical style here that I might like to explore with you for just a moment. Yeah. So see. the 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 kind of the main chorus is it's taken me a year not to love her. It's very direct. It's a very mm-hmm. direct lyrical style. And as I was listening, I was listening back to some of your earlier material ahead of chatting with you today. Um, I don't want the same old rules. I'm bored of talking smooth. Uh, I was thinking about overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and also a lot of the songs of the Bad Things EP. Mm-hmm. Are, you consci- are you consciously pursuing a lyrical style? I don't think so. No, I think it's just over years of writing. It has just become that way. I think if I listen back to my much earlier stuff that was very acoustic, it doesn't have the same tone to it. Um, And I think now when I do write, it's really important for me not to think that someone's going to hear it. Because if I think about you 
reciting lyrics back to me as you did, I would die. Um, so I need to just pretend this is only for me. I'm in my room. No one else is going to hear this. So you can be as honest as possible. And then eventually work up the courage, especially with a year. I really didn't think anyone was going to hear that song. It was just a demo. And one of my friends asked what I was working on. And I sent it to him and I was like, oh, it's nothing. It's just like a song. And he was like, no, there's something here. You need to work on this more. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but what strikes me is the lyrics are so direct. So yeah. they just, boom, they do cut through. Mm. And I mean, I say that as a credit to you because it's no, a very... I appreciate that. It's, it's, it's a very difficult and it's a very... Uh, I don't want to say the word brave, right? Because mm-hmm. that's overused. <laughs> but it, you, you be, no, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you are opening yourself up. You're, you're being vulnerable, right. uh, emotionally vulnerable mm-hmm. to to something like that. I'm thinking of um, there's a quote speaking about Berlin. There's a quote from David Bowie. I remember seeing an interview with him. It was repeated a lot after he died. And the general, I'm paraphrasing now, but the mm-hmm. general gist of it is, if you're not feeling a bit of fear, you're not trying hard enough. And would I would I be correct in saying that there's maybe a little bit of fear and trepidation on your part with a song like a year? Oh yeah, definitely. With most of them, to be honest, even with Overrated, which came out in June, I had written last September, October, and I hadn't released because I thought it was too mean and that people wouldn't like me. So it even took me a while to come around to that one. And yeah, I think all of them I'm like terrified. Um because it's weird, you don't know how people perceive you or if it's, you know, everything's a little bit exaggerated when you're writing lyrics, I think. Um, and I just wonder what picture I put across and you don't really know that. So it's a risk. Well, it is a risk, mm. but it also, you know, that that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, you know, I would it, hope it, that. It, it, I wouldn't want to write something like cliched and like full of metaphors that people were trying to decipher. I prefer just to be, and I think if people who know me would just say that I'm blunt to a fault anyway. <laughs> so um, I think this is who I am as a person. There's another thing about the song A Year, and if I'm prying too deeply... No, okay, you're grand, okay, don't worry. Please, please, <laughs> please you're, you're allowed to tell me to F off, okay, okay. right? Um, but again, another thing that's not so striking about it, or what's remarkable, is how unremarkable it is to hear a lyric... Um, it take it's taken me a year not to love her. It's about a female singer singing about a same sex relationship, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not really remarkable in any way. Yeah, and I mean that as a kind of a compliment as to how far we and I'm using comp quotes here kind of we have come. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? Um, I think with this song, that was probably a, an extra little level of like, oh fear I guess um just of how it would be received um but I also think people don't notice a lot of the time like in my other song tell me there's like female pronouns and I don't think anyone noticed they were just singing along to the song um this one's it's a little more obvious but it is also like I don't think I could have done that five years ago you know it's just much more accepted now which is great and that's partly to do with like Pillow Queens and Alvaretti and all those people who have already paved the way for me. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm very conscious that I'm a 42 year old white male, right? And 
I'm I'm not trying to be flippant about your sexuality or anyone else's private business or, or relationships. Do you know what I mean? But I I do find it very very interesting and quite heartwarming that you know that there there is quite a vibrant scene of different voices. I mean, I, I love the way you mentioned Pillow Queens and Alvaretti and also in your neck of the woods now at the moment, there's, there's Wallace Bird and, yeah. and loads of other people as mm-hmm. well. And I, I do think that's quite interesting. But equally, I, 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 you're not being viewed as the gay artist right. or the, or you know, or, or that queer singer. And, and yeah. please, if I'm insulting you, no, I no, do you're not, not mean to in not. any way. You know, people are just being treated for, oh, they're, they're really good artists or yeah. she writes great songs or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that whole scene? Um, I think it's great. I think it's actually very, or not very, but like more specific to the Irish scene for some reason. It seems like there's a lot of queer female Irish musicians, um, which is great. And like everyone's friends and it's it's a small scene, so it's good to be on good terms like that. Um, I think that every artist gets something assigned to them some adjective of, of some kind or some story and I think mine for a long time and maybe it still is is like the bees the Brooklyn <laughs> the Berlin yeah. is like the place <laughs> where I am which is funny because I could get be assigned the the gay one but um that hasn't happened and it's either way it's it's all good and it's good for um for visibility and and all of that but yeah it's been quite heartwarming that's the word you used I would use that too but it's also it's not what I I hope I'm saying this properly. It's not maybe not what defines you. It's 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 part no, of your no. identity, but it's not your whole identity. In the same way that this attic space is not part of my identity, or, you know, yeah. or it's 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 part of who I am. I, I, if you know what I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to diminish. <laughs> your, okay, your, don't your panic. Life. Do you know what You're I mean? Not or or you know, do you know what I mean? Though it's yeah, not. Yeah. Um, I'm always I always get very nervous about these things. Everyone I don't knows, but it's, it's so funny because I can watch people getting nervous, and I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're very yeah. kind. So thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not uh, easily offended. Um, but no, you're uh, right. I mean, it's not like everything about me. I think it is relevant because a, a lot of my songs are love songs. And to me, when I listen to them, I'm like, it's obvious I'm talking about a woman, even if I don't use female pronouns. Um, so it is relevant, but it's not like only gay people can listen to the Dufour's music. Like, that's not what it's about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's universal all the same. Well, I mean, if you think about, I think about a song like uh, Constant Craving by Katie Lang. Mm. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, she didn't write that about some fella. You know, right. uh, like, but it's still that. But that's irrelevant yeah. because the emo- the emotion is universal and exactly. the emotion is the emotion. Yeah. And that's what, and a good song is a good song, irrelevant of where it's kind of coming from. Really. Yeah, totally. You know? I agree. Um, um, right. So to, <laughs> to, not to swiftly change the subject. <laughs> But to, to to maybe look a little bit towards the future. So yeah. you have the so the new single a year that's out now. Mm-hmm. As we have mentioned, you have like you've released a number of CD, a number of singles. Uh, there was the Bad Things EP last year. Mm-hmm. Is there ever going to be a Lydia Ford album? That's the dream, definitely. Um, I'm trying to work up to it. It seems, especially this year, the music industry has shifted a little bit. So it's kind of hard to keep up with what's the right move business-wise more than music-wise. I have a ton of songs and I'm still writing and I'm recording stuff all the time. It's just about like packaging and marketing and what is the smartest move for me at this point. Um, But I mean, I think everyone dreams of having an album. That's like when you were a kid and went to 
buy a CD, it was an album. So that's definitely, hopefully within the next year or two on the cards. And okay, so you mentioned other voices. I'm I'm assuming that you have no gigs <laughs> in the book. <laughs> well, I do or, or kind of. I well, I was meant to have one in April, which obviously was peak lockdown time, which then got moved to October, which is now moved to March of next year. Whether March of next year we are playing gigs in Wheelands again is yet to be seen. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. in the book. You just have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, would you would you ever consider doing any of those kind of streaming gigs? Maybe something a little bit, you know, not. I don't mean sitting there just with your acoustic guitar, or piano, <laughs> but maybe maybe trying something. Uh, you strike me as a creative person who okay. might try and push the boat out and you know do something a little bit different. Yeah, I haven't really considered it too much yet, to be honest. Um, but I'm a bit sick of Zoom, so <laughs> I haven't yet. But maybe. I mean, if this is going to continue. I definitely have that, like, I'm missing playing live and, like, that feeling of excitement and all of that. So if I can replicate that in some way, that might be a good idea. Yeah, deadly. Right, one last question then, okay. Uh, if I said the word spinal tap to you, do you know what that means? Do you get do you get that reference? I see, like, it's like an 80s movie, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. So it, it like I people like have been here older. It is. Yeah. But you, you have you ever seen you've never seen Spinal Tap? No, have I you? think I've probably seen like a clip on YouTube or something. Okay. It's like latex often, and big hair, right? Spandex. Even. Yes, yeah, it, yeah. it is. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, often, you, but you'd ask a musician what their biggest spinal tap moment was because okay. in that, like, they get they get lost on the way to the stage, and okay. you know they're they're built below the puppet show and all this kind of stuff. But had those. Don't what, worry. What, like for for many many years, that was a kind of a, a universal question that you yeah. could ask musicians, and everyone knew. Spinal Tap, that's a reference point that everyone gets. Okay. But I've noticed <laughs> no, as I'm I... getting older and musicians are getting younger, it's um, actually not. Most people haven't seen Spinal Tap. No. So, so is it your uh, worst moment? Is that what the question well, is? Well, it's, 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 it's basically the kind of most stupidest thing, the most kind of ridiculous, I can't believe this actually happened moment, moment. in music. Well, I did have one um, when I played We've Only Just Begun Festival in August of last year and it was the first time I played without a guitar I played some songs with a guitar but I was like I'm gonna do this pop thing where I like walk around stage and cool or whatever and it was during the bridge of my song talk which is like piano ballad and the bridge is the quietest part and I just fully stood on the microphone bit cable and pulled it out to the packed upstairs Whelan's and then I just bent down and plugged it back in and I was like we're still going and then my poor keyboard player had to catch up and then everyone was off time but I felt like I recovered okay but it was so embarrassing and I'm always afraid during that song now forever that I'm going to keep doing it so <laughs> that's a spinal tap moment I think it is that's pretty much a good that's a good spinal tap moment okay. all right yeah I'm gonna but, Google you, this. but you recovered <laughs> Extra. Well, maybe I would suggest to you because uh, you're going to be. You're, you know, none of us are going out anywhere That's exciting true, at the moment. You could watch it. I yeah. think you'll enjoy it. Okay. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, Lydia Ford, you've got uh, a year is out now. There's plenty of music there in the back catalogue. It's all available on your Spotify's or titles or Apple Music's or whatever it is that you're having yourself. Hopefully, at some stage, there will be an album, um, and uh, you know maybe we can get some vinyl. 
That'd be really cool. That'd Love be very that. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sure. And you never know, there might even be an online or some sort of streamed type show at some stage as well. Uh, preferably where you don't stand on the leads. <laughs> preferably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lydia Ford, thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Irish Beats on Beat.